Hello and welcome back to the Institute of World Mission podcast. I'm your host, Alex Ott, and today, together with my colleague at the Institute, Dr. Oscar Sinda, we are launching a new series on this podcast. We call it Ministering in the African Context. As many of you know, the African continent is home to three regional divisions of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. North African countries, with populations mostly from Arab descent, or part of the Middle East and North African Union, which is an attached field to the General Conference. Now, a sizable portion of our listeners and of the Adventist Missions workforce at large serves on the great continent of Africa. With this new series, we want to address mission opportunities as well as challenges in establishing a fruitful cross-cultural ministry in any of the African countries. The host designer and the organizing hand in this series belongs to Dr. Oscar Asinde. Dr. Asinde is an associate director at the Institute of World Mission at the General Conference. His guest in the interview today is Pastor Charles Aguila, who is a country director for Adventist Development and Relief Agency in the country of Uganda in East Africa. Pastor Aguila is from Canada and currently, together with his wife and three children, serves in Uganda. Together, Oscar and Charles will explore what adjustment or adaptation to an African cultural context might look like for an outsider. Here, let me quickly add that even if you are not serving on the African continent, this conversation around topics of cross-cultural adjustment might be a great blessing to you as well. With all that said, let's hear the conversation between Oscar and Charles right now. Welcome to the Institute of World Mission Weekly Podcast, a show for Adventist mission enthusiasts striving to live, serve, and witness cross-culturally. Visit us at iwm.adventist.org slash podcast to view this podcast's show notes, links, and previous episodes. Institute of World Mission is your partner in the mission field. So, Charles, uh, you're welcome. Thank you so much, Dr. Oscar. Thank you for inviting me in this podcast. Yes, thank you. So, uh, Charles, we, we want to explore a cross-cultural mission in the African context. Yes. And uh, we know that you have served in Africa for some years now. Uh, please uh, share what you do and an overview of the history of your ministry in Africa. Thank you once again for, for inviting me and thank you for that question. I have been serving here in Uganda now for five awesome years. And mm. as what Church, Church, uh, Winston Churchill says, it is the Pearl of Africa and it is beautiful. Mm. Really, really beautiful country, very beautiful people. And I enjoy working in Uganda for the past five years. As, as, as ADRA in Uganda, we, most of our work revolves around uh, refugees uh, that are coming from uh, the DRC, that is Congo, as well as in South Sudan. Mm. We also work with uh, e- extremely vulnerable people, especially those that are in the, the northeast side near the borders of Kenya, where we work with the Karamajong people. And of course, uh, ADRA would not be able to operate well if we do not work closely with the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And we have been working well with the Seventh-day Adventist Church together with her institution like Bugima Adventist uh, University. 
Shaka Adventist Hospital as well. And uh, last week, we just started a formal program with the Women's Ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this is one of the first uh, partnership that we have done with the church. So we are really, really excited to see where this livelihoods program would take us. And in the next few months, we would also be working closely with the Adventist uh, youth ministries of the church as well. And, and this one is clearly on youth employment advocacy. And that's where we are going. So, yes, uh, uh, in a sense, that is the overview of the ministry of ADRA here in Uganda. Yeah, thank you very much. And, uh, you know, these are very difficult times of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Uganda is not um, exempted as well. So how are you doing mission during this difficult time? Thank you so much for that question. Uh, when COVID-19 hit Uganda back in March, lockdown was uh, imposed. However, uh, ADRA, we were treated like essential workers uh, by government, especially since we work in refugee op- operations. So we continue to serve humanity so refugees may live as God uh, has intended. Another example, when the flash flood displaced more than 10,000 families near the border with Congo, and uh, I traveled to the area to distribute food and non-food items to more than 1,000 families. So even though there were lockdowns uh, imposed in the country, uh, we were still given permission by government, of course, following uh, Ministry of Health protocols, we were, but, but we were still given uh, freedom of movement to deliver services to those that need it the most. Uh, We have continued to do that. Uh, Other things that we have also done is we did a lot of uh, teaching and preaching online uh, to our workers, to Ugandans, to whoever is viewing the channel at that moment. So, Yes, it, although the, there were restrictions, we were still blessed to have movement around Uganda so that we can continue our ministry. Yeah, we really praise the Lord for, for that. Uh, and thank you for what the Lord is doing through you and through the uh, ADRA. Yes. Uh, we praise his name. And now, mm-hmm. Charles, you are from Canada. You are a Westerner, but I also know that you're originally from Asia and yes, in particular yes. from the Philippines. Yes, yes. So you are kind of a Can- Canadian uh, Filipino. So, <laughs> yes. And now yes. serving in Africa. So what yes. cultural gaps or boundaries you have found to be most challenging? Ah, that's, that's a really interesting question once again. Uh, however, I, I, I do find uh, much, uh, I, do, I do not find much cultural challenges at all uh, in terms of understanding uh, Ugandans. Now, let, let me explain that a little bit more. Yes. See, Uganda is composed of several ethnic groups, just like, just like the Philippines, or I would say just like uh, uh, Western Canada. Yes. So from my perspective, it, it provides a framework for Ugandans to be, in a way, uh, to be very tolerant and accommodating to cultures and practices other than, than their own. For example, um, I, I was traveling up north going towards Kenya, and I was shocked to see billboards advertising Filipino TV soap operas in Uganda. Uh. And, and in fact, the Filipino soap operas are the second highest rated show on primetime TV right after the evening news. And for me, this was a shock. Mm. You know, uh, uh, I have watched several uh, Filipino TV soaps, and 
the themes of, of, of village to city migration for, this, for the sake of their family and the patriarchal Christian values have made uh, the soap operas from the Philippines very attractive and relatable to the Yunganan po- population. Mm. Like, for example, the, the Filipino struggle with poverty as shown in the TV soap operas are very relevant uh, to the experience of the Ugandan struggling with poverty. So I find it, found it very interesting. And it seems like, you know, these soap operas give, give people hope to conquer poverty. It's almost like a fairy tale kind of thing. Mm. And uh, so that's one, that's one example. Uh, another bridge that I see is how hospitality is practiced in Uganda. And again, very similar to the Philippines. And I would say, uh, even when I was uh, around Kenya as mm. well, I found the hospitality in, in, in East African culture very similar to, to, to the Philippines. For example, you mm. know, they would invite you to eat and they would share their meal and, and they will welcome you in their homes. Like, like there is no hesitation. It's like almost automatic to say, come, let's eat together. Yeah. And they would invite you. And uh, when they eat, they use their hands. Yeah, eating, eating with hands is a very strong part of their culture too, just like, just like the Filipinos. So mm. uh, the, the food is very similar to the Filipino staple food, which is rice, beans, stews, fish, and chicken. And uh, another thing that I found, uh, they love singing and dancing. Mm. I mean, uh, I would say they would probably, they could probably beat the Filipinos in, in, in karaoke. <laughs> they, they are really excellent, excellent singers. Mm. And they love the media. They are in tune. They love Mani Pacquiao. They know who he is. And uh, in Uganda, I, I've been traveling around. I've seen several Filipino teachers. And, and most of the Ugandans speak highly mm. of these teachers. And... Um, However, the, the Filipino community in Uganda is also spreading in other sectors like engineering, construction, medicine, accountancy, as well as the uh, restaurant and hotel industries. Yeah. And my role in ADRA, I have met many Filipinos employed uh, by the United Nations as well. So there's a lot of similarities that, that, that I find in, in the Ugandan culture and the Filipino culture. Uh, another story that I would like to share, like for example, in the refugee camps and settlements when I traveled there, so when... Uh, these are mostly Congolese and South Sudanese uh, children, usually. Uh, the children would call me Jackie Chan, though. They, 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 see, they see somebody that resembles the skin of Jackie Chan. Mm. So they call me Jackie Chan. It doesn't really matter if you're Chinese, Japanese, Filipino, Indonesian, Nepalese, Korean, or Thai. For the children, I am Jackie Chan. So what I would usually do when they call me that name, I would just show them some <laughs> made-up kung fu moves and they just, <laughs> love, they just love it. But anyway, the, uh, I don't, it's quite fascinating. Like when I talk to my wife, yes. and we would talk about the challenges that we're facing in Uganda. We would just look at ourselves and, and we would smile and we would just say, they're very similar to our culture, even in the, in the, the native culture in, 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 in Canada, where we have, a lot of native tribes and nations, and each nation is different from the other tribal nations. So it, 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 is, it is amazing. I, I, I really enjoy working with the people. Yeah, that, that is interesting. And the way that God has uh, just made it easy for you to, you know, find the culture almost yes. similar to yours. And yeah. even using something like um, soap operas. 
Yes. You know? and, and of course, you know, as a, I'm also a person from that same region, from East Africa, and, uh, yes. you know, the, the Filipino, the, whether you're from Cambodia, Philippines, or China, or Japan, to us, they are all Chinese. That's correct. Yeah, to us, from East Africa, you are all Chinese. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, even having said that, um, however, you find so many similarities, but maybe the could be a little bit of a difference or, or or challenging. Are there any 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 parts of um of your Canadian or Filipino culture uh, that the people in Africa find challenging? Yes, if I would have to say that uh, the most challenging uh, would be, or uh, it, it, we could look at it as challenging or even a an impact, a positive yeah. impact. But the, the challenge I would say is that. Although I am Filipino when it comes to communal and family values, yes, um, my work and ministry framework is yeah. very Western Canadian. Yeah. And, and let me define uh, what I mean by my ministry framework. Yeah. See, uh, as a Westerner from Canada, uh, from Canada uh, we value free thought. We yeah. value speaking our minds, you know, or challenging the status quo. Even yeah. our government allows shadow governments to challenge the ruling party. And it yeah. is part of our standard operating procedure. It's part of our political culture. Yes. You know, we value alternative opinions and we value fighting for human rights and the need for gender equality and economic yes. equality and, and individualism and, and democracy, among other values. Yes. Uh, but in a, in a culture where communal decisions with strict hierarchical protocols have to be observed, I, I, find, I find it very challenging because I have to adjust my approach in order to be effective in my ministry in Uganda. Yes. So, for example, if I do have to, cha- if I have to challenge assumptions and status quo, yes. I, I need to do it without putting someone in a situation where his or her honor or his or her status is questioned. Yes. I don't know if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So that is where the struggle that I have when it comes to, comes to work. Yes. And uh, I have to be reminded quite often to, 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 to know that uh, I am serving in a, in, a, in a totally different context than the Canadian context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true, but I can see that you are managing well, and you are aware of uh, where the gaps are, and you are working on um, crossing that cultural gap. And you are adapting, or you have adapted. What do you think? I would say it's a challenge. Uh, you know, sometimes it is so easy for for me uh, as a Westerner to to think that I am better than 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 them because I, I do have other knowledge that they don't have. Mm. So I have. To Reminding myself uh, to put the mission in front rather than my preference in in leadership or my preference in in administration. Mm. I, I, I have to be reminded by my mentors uh, to always put the mission ahead. Always focus on the mission. Don't let lose sight on that mission. So that is where I, I have to be reminded at times when it mm. comes to the challenges that I'm, I'm, I'm facing. Yeah, sure. It's uh, nice to hear that and how the Lord is uh, continuing to use you um, yeah. in a different culture, in a faraway country. Uh, what one thing 
that you had to change that has had the most significant positive impact on your ministry? Just that one thing, Charles. I would say um, one thing. I would probably say my my assertiveness. Uh, you know, as as my dogs are barking in the background. <laughs> I would say, as as a Westerner, we, we we like to speak our minds. We like to be assertive in some ways, and sometimes it comes across as very arrogant. So I do have to I, I do have to change that approach mm. to always again remind me that I I have to put the mission in front of me rather than my preference in administration. So it is, it is a humbling experience, uh, especially when, when, uh, when we're dealing with administrative stuff. So I would say that, 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 that would be the one. Yeah, thank you. And, and um, we all know that working in a different culture is a lifetime learning experience. Exactly, yes. Uh, yes. There's no day we can say we're already there now. Now we know it. Okay. We're always yes. learning. And even more, unlearning, learning and unlearning. Oh, that's true, yes. That is and correct. And you must have maybe resources that uh, have helped you or are helping you. So what book or other educational resources could be even a university class or online course or even a local mentor helped mm. you to adapt to the African context? Mm. I, I would have to say that in my five years here in Uganda, the, the most help that I would probably credit, give credit, would be my mentors. Mm-hmm. I, I spend a good amount of time learning from Dr. Mate, who is the uh, ADRA chair, board yes. chairperson and also yes. the, the pres- president of the, the union. Yes. And, and, and he understands that I approach work from a Western Canadian framework. So what yes. Dr. Mate does is he guides me on how to approach several issues. Mm. By, and it's amazing. He, he uses stories and he uses a lot of parables he doesn't really guide you in a way to do A, B, C, and D, but he would tell you a story. Mm-hmm. And then you would have to listen and really figure out what is the lesson for this story, you know? Mm. So I, I love the way he approaches it. And, and in a way, he's teaching me that. Mm. Uh, another one that I would credit to would be Dr. Tayo, who is our ADRA regional uh, executive director based in uh, at the ECD in Kenya. Yes. And again, he always gives me amazing tips on how to understand the African mindset. Yeah. Uh, like, for example, uh, with ADRA, I am dealing with a lot of issues. Uh, you know, it, it's tough working with ADRA because I have to deal with Western donors, mm. with Denmark, Sweden, Canada, US, Germany, you know, really task-oriented, goal-oriented people. Yes. And then I have to deal with a local context that has a different framework. So I love how Dr. Tayo gives me guidance. For example, uh, in an African mindset, he would always say, remember the hierarchy over equality. You know, Mm -hmm. we do have hierarchy in in Africa Mm -hmm. and they are there for centuries. You cannot change that in in two years, three years, or even five years in Uganda. Yeah. And another one that he would, uh, he he gave me is appreciate the event, you know, uh, disregard the time. Like, for example, when you are invited to a to to to, uh, to, uh, to an event like a meal, yes, uh, don't don't worry about about the tasks that you need to accomplish yes. because you're spending time on in that place. Just just enjoy, just enjoy the event yes. and just disregard disregard time. Uh, another one that, that Dr. Tayo uh, gave me. Let me see. Oh, yes. uh, maintaining harmony. That one. That one is so crucial. You know, maintain 
harmony over speaking your honest opinions. There's always a place and time to speak your honest opinion, but yes. but make sure you there, there's there's harmony, right? Yes. So so I would say most of these I have learned from Dr. Mate and Dr. Tayo. The, these two have really mentored me well uh, in in Adra, especially understanding the culture and the African mindset. Yeah, that is true. That, that, that is true. And I can see that you are learning well and fitting well in the African context. As mm-hmm. Africa is a group culture. So harmony. Mm-hmm. Remember, the most important thing is keeping the harmony. That's correct. Can, can, I, give a, a, can I give one more example? Yeah. Uh, like I, I, I had a private conversation with, uh, I don't know if it was Dr. Mate or Dr. Tayo, and we were talking about Women's ordination, you know, yeah. and and I gave my my opinion on women's ordination, and I yeah. gave how how I think uh, most Canadians think about uh, women's ordination or even gender equality, and yeah. of course yeah. Canada, being a really progressive progressive country, uh, values that that kind of thinking, mm. and again mm. uh, they reminded me about harmony, you know, like. Uh, you know, are you going to push that issue in in Uganda? And you're you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a community that's going to be fighting. Would you rather have a peaceful community yeah. or would you have a fighting community? So again, uh, just one example of how uh, frameworks and values uh, differ from culture to culture. So although yeah. I have my preference, there are times where I have to put my preference in the back seat for the sake of the mission. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, um, Charles, for sharing with us. Very valuable. Uh, stuff and your perspective and experience uh, coming out of your ministry in um, in Africa, in the country of Uganda. Thank you. Now, just to let you know, Charles, we have a praying community of listeners, those who are listening to, to you now, mm-hmm. and um, you might have some prayer requests that you want uh, our uh, mission praying community to pray for you. Yes, thank you so much, uh, uh, Oscar. And again, I, I appreciate this praying ministry. Uh, for example, the first uh, the first Zoom that we had with all the ISEs, and at the end we broke into groups and we prayed. I thought that was really, really helpful, really, mm-hmm. really valuable. And uh, I really appreciate the, uh, the the guys that have uh, organized that praying time together. Uh, for for prayer requests, I have several. I would probably say that the most important would be uh, for protection and uh, for strength. See, right now I am by myself at the moment. Uh, for two months now, I am by myself in in Uganda. Uh, the Canadian government arranged a repatriation flight for Canadians, and my family took it. Yes. So I, I would appreciate if uh, you know the the community can pray for for myself and my family for protection and strength in this time of separation. I, yeah. I hope the borders will open soon so that my family can join me again. Yeah. And uh, another prayer request, and I would probably say this would be the last one, I, I, I would love for the community to pray for me to, to continue to be humble and always in learning, in learning mode. See, uh, my work as an IEC requires me to be humble and always in learning mode. Otherwise, the drive to be arrogant is always there. And even at times when I do not see the arrogance, but uh, yeah. the, the, the community sees it. Eh? So I, I, have to be, I have to be reminded at times on, on that aspect. And, and uh, lastly, pray for the mission work here in Uganda. Uh, Uganda is an amazing 
country, the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Uganda has amazing passion for church work. And I have seen it during the pandemic, uh, during the lockdown, church work continued. So pray, pray for the mission work here in Uganda. Those would be my three prayer requests for the community. Special thanks to elders Oscar and Charles for this insightful conversation. If you right at this moment are inspired to share this podcast episode with someone who will benefit from it, please act on the small voice in your heart. It's often said that sharing is caring. Your sharing and caring will be of help both to the person whom you will expose to this content and also to us at the Institute of World Mission. Before we conclude this episode, a couple things you might want to note. First, there is a very convenient way to stay on top of our weekly podcast production. All it takes is to sign up for the IWM weekly email podcast reminders. To do that, go to iwm.adventist.org forward slash podcast. You will see how to sign up to our email reminders right there on that page. Secondly, we are resuming live events, our webinars and have several already lined up for you beginning October 15th. The very first one on October 15th is titled Your Home is a Mission Field. My colleague Ronald Kuhn invited two families with extensive cross-cultural mission background to join him on a webinar panel. It's promising to be an event you will not want to miss. So, you can already register in order to secure your seat. Find the link, find the registration link in the show notes. I'll be sharing with you more about this event and the future ones in the weeks to come here on this podcast. My name is Alex Ott, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. <music>